I was sitting in the middle of the pitch black room. Besides me, people are crying, crying for the mother, crying for the father. And I sat there thinking, what the beep am I doing here? So that was one of the memories I have about the time that I kind of quote unquote joined a cult. It's uh, on paper, it's not really a cult, but I'll tell you more about it. So, hi everyone, I'm YQ from YQ Magic, and this is the Practically Spiritual Podcast. This is one of the first uh, podcast episodes that I have not written, like, at least guidelines or even a script for it, so I'm just going to say it. I'm not even sure if it's going to make it to the last cut, but I will just talk about it. So, uh, this was back in 2015-ish. Back then, I was in my second job. I only had three jobs in my whole lifetime for now which is very few i was in my second job and i was very very miserable because back in 2013 i had quit my job to travel around the world and back then traveling around the world was like the top thing i wanted to do in my lifetime and after i finished that i was in like i wouldn't say depression because depression is such a strong word like i was in a very bad state because i kind of feel that now that i have finished the number one thing I wanted to do in my life, is there anything else about life, you know? Is there any reason for me to go on living this life if number one thing is done? Will I achieve anything more? And basically, I was just in this, like, existential crisis kind of situation. And I was just really, really sad all the time. And I, I also felt that I wasn't treating my friends very nicely. But honestly, I was just being a normal person. I was... It's already setting boundaries. I didn't really know I set boundaries, but I was being myself. But I kind of felt that, you know, this kind of rude, a bit rude, not that nice. Me was not like the correct person to be around. And I was feeling really bad about it. So what happened was, I don't really remember what happened. I think someone recommended me to go for a preview for a live coaching session and then if I remember correctly, this, that person was saying, oh my gosh, it changed their life. And then they really liked it. Why don't I go try? So I went there. It was in a kind of like a conference room in the middle of nowhere. You have to take the bus. You have to walk in. And uh, there was food outside. I was like, yeah, it's free food. So I took the free food. I sat down in the preview. And then they kind of like run you through exercises where you see, you know, how name your life is. So they give you a wheel. And then you're kind of like, oh, my life is displayed. <laughs> so the preview session is to tell you, hey, your life is not that great. But if you join our program, it can be great. And you know what? You think you are a bad person, but would a really bad person think that they are bad? So you are not that bad. You know, you can change. And I did cry during the session because it, it felt that, oh, you know, there's a possibility for me to not be a bad person when in reality, I was an okay person. <laughs> so we'll pause the thing for a bit because, you know, if you're talking to me, we pause a lot. I like, pause here, continue there, and then we come back. So we're pausing because I want to say that when I look back at the astrology of what was happening during 2015, the planet Pluto, which is about transformation, and sometimes it can feel like death, was crossing over some of like major, major planets. So in the sky, the planet of death and horribleness 
is already affecting my life. So it was also why that during that period I was feeling so bad because number one, the planets are making me bad. And number two, of course, it's like it's a really, really big goal. I didn't know what I, what I should do next. And now back to the main story. And then, uh, then they said, oh, you know what? If you want to change your life, this is how much uh, you have to pay us. <laughs> they didn't say that way, but they said it um, like, you know, we have this three-day intensive and then also a five-week uh, follow-up session and it costs only $5,000. And I was like, I don't have $5,000 to, to spare. I'm going to go. And then, so I said, hey, you know, hi, thanks for the session. I'm going to leave. And then they kind of start hard selling. They kind of be like, they don't let, they, it's kind of, how do I say this? Even saying it now, it feels that I was being gaslit as well. They're kind of like, you cannot go. And I even felt that they were physically trying to stop me from get, getting out of the room because I didn't want to pay for it. So they still in a lot of things, kind of like, oh, you know, you know, don't want to change your life, blah, blah. This offer will only be here, blah, blah, blah. And then I did it eventually to got my credit card. And I said, okay, let's do it. It was $5,000. I think this is like the first time that I, I had like thrown big money out for so afterwards, you know, it's much easier to put on big money for other things. And during then, I, so after signing up, it wasn't like immediately the session started. Mine was like someday in the future. But at that point, I realized that I got into an improv group that was traveling and I said, hey, I need to defer my session because I have something on. And even during the call where I was trying to defer the session, they were so mean. They were like, you promised that you would have this date available. Then I'm like, you know, I cannot. It's a, the news suddenly came that I could go and then I just want to defer it. They were really rude about it, now I think. So eventually I did defer and then it was time for me to go for my session. I took leave because it was the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Or Thursday, Friday, Sunday. I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So on Sunday, you can, you know, take a, I, I, I truly, I probably also signed like a NDA, you know, non-disclosure agreement not to talk about this. But hey, I just want to say it. You guys were not nice. So on paper, it's called life coaching. Uh, which is also why now I have really disgust for the term coach. I just, when people say, hey, I'm a coach, I'm like, I, I feel physically unwell about it. I sat down and thought about it. Why, you know, it's, it's just, just as your word. Why do I have such a reaction? And then I came back to this memory of joining this uh, quote unquote life coaching. So before I go on and talk about what we did in sessions, I just want to also disclaim that for some people, this really worked. For some people, the whole process really worked. But for me, it was really, really traumatizing. I really hated it. I did have good results out of it, but the process was just so bad that I couldn't, I cannot excuse what had happened to me. And I paid $5,000 for it. So for the three-day life coaching thing, we are taken into a small conference room somewhere else, not the same one. And then it's there that the, I'm going to say quote-unquote, a lot magic happens. So the thing was that for this thing, as I mentioned, I probably signed something saying that, you know, I will stay in this place and I'll listen to the coaches. I will do what the coaches say, etc. I don't remember, but probably that. And when I wanted to use a bathroom, right, someone followed me to the bathroom and then I said, do you have to follow me to the bathroom? I just need to, you know, pee. And then I said, yeah, we have to because some people have ran off previously. Then I was very question mark 
in my head, kind of, you know, the, the meme, the question mark face. Because why would people run away from a session? It's just a session. Then I realized. So the three days, I will summarize because probably there's some like, oh, I probably would get sued if I talk about some of the things that happened. The three days, they break you down. They say a lot of things that are probably very, you know, neuro-linguistic programming kind of situation. You know, they say mean things, you know, oh, imagine you are dying, blah, blah, blah. A lot of trauma was released through sessions. I would say, yes, it did. But it was just really, really bad sessions. And I kind of felt that the coaches were not really doing it because they wanted to help. Some of them, I feel like they just like torturing people. And that was it. So the three weeks, I mean the three days, they start from 7 a.m., they end around midnight, and you have to go back and you have to like write down some homework by making us do homework until about 3 a.m. And then, you know, waking up to be able to do it at 7 again. We were just so sleep deprived and the sessions were so physically, mentally psychologically challenging, tiring, that you just break a person very, very easily then. And you can make them believe whatever you want them to believe. You can make them think that, oh, you were so bad, but now let me lift you up. And then they would see you as someone who has saved their life, which is very predatory if I think about it now. And I'm just so disgusted that now that I'm processing out loud, out loud now, right? It's so disgusting that what is made happening i don't know whether this is the same for other quote-unquote life coaching people but it was just so terrible i hated it so then so during the session the three days right and going at 7 a.m you pee someone follows you around and you do things like cry no one has puked in the session yet but uh, i cried a lot i was i would say tortured a lot and at the last day, you know, then they do this like you know, weird activity where you are supposed to feel, oh my gosh, no, the sky is so empty and I'm just so free. And one of the things that had happened during the session was that they, they told me that I was someone who pretended to be, to have, you know, positive feelings for other people when I do not. And then there was something that I took into heart because I, I don't want to rock the boat sometimes. And then, you know, even if I'm not happy, I'll just, you know, keep it please. And funnily enough, at the end, right, one of the coaches was like, oh, you know, like you, you said that you were someone who would laugh even though things weren't funny, just to make other people feel better. No, look at you. And I remember having resting bitch face then because I was just so tired. And the coach was expecting me to laugh. I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to laugh because it's not funny at all. And everyone was like, uh-oh. And when I went to the toilet, I overheard some ladies saying, oh my gosh, you know what? I went here just now said that to the coach. Oh my gosh. And then they said it in a well-meaning way. They're, they're really nice people. And then I got out of bathroom and was like, yeah, that was me. And it's oh, and then they saw me. They were like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry about that. But but you, for me, it was just like, how can you be such a hypocrite when you tell me that I shouldn't be laughing when things are not funny. When you said something that wasn't funny at all, and am I supposed to be a hypocrite now? You know, when I went through the whole thing, when you said something that wasn't funny at all. Anyway, guys, if you're listening up until here, thank you so much. It feels left like a, a structured podcast and more about me ranting. I don't know if this is something you want to hear. 
let me know. I'm just gonna put this up, you know. I'm gonna tweak some little things or put it up. And and you guys let me know whether you like it or not. And then the worst part hasn't arrived yet. The worst part was the five weeks after the three days, we're supposed to work on a project that was very, very dear to us. And for me, it was bringing late back to Lingo. And I got assigned to a coach. I got assigned to a lady. And basically, she she just kind of like told me, okay, you know what? If you want to finish your book, you should start. You know, how much time would you need to write? And then along with the work, how much time would you need? So I kind of said, okay, I need to wake up at 5 a.m. I need to write a lot. I would say if I pause here a bit, I write after the, you know, whole purging of trauma, whole releasing things and realizing hey you know what i'm a great i'm I'm actually a great person that whole period i was super open to everything i was just like oh outwardly very happy because you know i've been like just like purge all the shit stuff and they it was obvious that you know oh my gosh you're right here doing a lot of new things you're so cool but I would say it's not sustainable or maybe even that the process that they went through was not sustainable. It, it sustains for like about half a year and then you're supposed to go to more courses and then you're supposed to be like that all the time. So pause and let me come back to my 5 a.m. writing schedule. So I write my stuff. I cry while I write. And my coach, right? I told my friends about it and then the quote-unquote coach was like, you should listen to your friend. Do you want to have this book or do you not? And it was then that I went into a really depressed uh, state as well because number one, waking up so early means I didn't have enough sleep. And I know at this point now that if I do not have enough sleep, my day would just be terrible. And think about it. I had about five weeks where four weeks I wasn't sleeping enough and I was just miserable and I I was really, really in a bad state. Of course, I finished a book, but what? was the cost of finishing the book? What was the cost of publishing the book? I don't know. But it was during that period, I realized how much of a cult this thing was because I was procrastinating at one point. So I was looking at a list of like what cult does, right? So number one is that they, let me, let me pause and I'll come back. Okay, I'm back. I'm now reading a article from New Zealand Herald.co.nz, New Zealand about eight steps to mind control how cults suck ordinary people in. So I'm going to read the steps that it has. Step one, identify the potential recruit. So I went into the you know preview. Step two, persuade the recruit to walk into the web. And then they're like, oh, you know what? We can help you with this. Step three, love bombing. They're like, oh my gosh, you know what you, you are amazing. You can be amazing. Step four, they made me pay money. They didn't make me pay money. I paid the money to in the cult. Step five, tough love. Yeah, they're like, I'm gonna, we're gonna make you uh, do things or tough love, this is for your own good, blah, blah, blah. Six, it's renouncing loved ones. So when I told my friends about the, the coach uh, says I have to do this and I don't want to do it, they're like, hey, yeah, you can sub, you know? That's like, I paid $5,000. And so renouncing loved ones was something that kind of like uh, was a red flag for me because when I told the quote unquote coach that, hey, you know, my friend said they probably shouldn't be doing this, they're like, who are they? Oh, they're just your friends. You know, they're not your coach. They don't know any better. They, you shouldn't be listening to them. They're, they're asking me to renounce the people I care about. And then the introduction of core beliefs. I don't know what the core belief is. Anyway, the last step is zero tolerance of criticism. And I was also looking at some other articles saying that the cults would have a leader where everyone like worships. There is a big coach 
I, I cannot use the term because if you Google it, you will find it. There's a big coach that everyone is worshiping. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been to his session. He's wonderful. It feels like a new God. Or they did, probably didn't say that. I, I said that. But it was very, very toxic. It was very, very bad. And uh, I was in a slightly depressed mode right after that. It was, it was really bad. So I don't know if this whole story is coherent or not. It probably isn't, but I'm just going to post it up because I haven't been posting. It reached this part. I moved into my new house. It's been almost a month. And I haven't set up my podcast uh, recording booth. I haven't set up anything. And I really want to put something out. And I have friends over later and we're progressively cleaning the house. So this is the most casual podcast I have yet to release. But I'm just going to give it a listen. I'm going to post it up. And how about I say this? What can you take away from this story? I would say Password Q, you don't have to do something that is so traumatizing for you. You know, even though, yes, you did have some uh, benefits coming out of it. There are a lot of people who just really take advantage of you by, you know, thinking that tough love is the way to go. But I think you are quite a soft cookie. So tough love doesn't really work. I think empathy, you know, show you that they really care would be something that is important for you. So yes, you've been through that really, really terrible situation. Yes, you did write a book. So anyone listening, you want to get a copy of the book. The book that I wrote was called Your Big Break, How to Quit Your Job to Travel Around the World. That was before the pandemic, so it was much easier then, not now. But if you are here, you want the book, DM me on Instagram, Magic, or you know, email me, anything like that. And I'll send you a copy. So anything else. So eventually, after that first session, I stopped. I just never went back. The person who introduced me, she went back for more. She loved it. But for me, it really wasn't my thing. So I think for me, after that, I have some really, really bad uh, just reflexes when it comes to the term coach, the term life coaching, because I really didn't like the experience that I had then. So if you have found someone who you love working with, who actually, you know, does things with care and love for you itself, you know, Tough love. Unless you're someone who needs tough love. I don't think tough love is for me. So I, yeah. So I'm just going to end the podcast here. I, let's see if I'm even going to put in any, you know, opening music, closing music. Probably I will. But yeah. So I hope to catch you in your ears in the future. That is something less ranty and more structured. But if you like this format uh, as well, let me know. <laughs> I'll see you. I will see you. I'll let you hear me in the next podcast episode. Bye-bye.